just river kids Picking up stones like David did Watching them long necks break off a freight train bridge We went to church in a Detroit car Our daddies drank draft at the local bar With an aching back just like old granddad did And we like cold cake beer Fixing up trucks Old bird dogs and the woman we love Maxwell has steaming out of a coffee cup We say our prayers send them to the sky Bust our banks barely getting by Carolina to California up to Illinois Yeah, there's guys like us Blue-collar boys Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Marcus Show Bro, I am your host, as I am every single time, Marcus himself. And like always, I am brought to you uh, with my my very disgruntled, uh, very upset, frustrated uh, partner in crime, Ryan. Ryan, buddy, how's it going? I've been better. I'm not I've laughing. Better. I'm not laughing at you, Ryan. I'm laughing with you, hopefully. Uh. Oh. I, I, it was just Thanks. that when we first get on and Ryan's just his, his absolute, just, you could hear the disdain just coming out. So let's go ahead. We have, we have a jam packed show, not only previewing uh week 15 in the NFL uh, bowl game starting up. I, I want to hit a little bit of everything, um, but we have two big news stories that are really taking the NFL by storm right now. And we would be remiss not to start with this one. The entire Browns locker room has COVID. Uh, they play on Saturday, which we mentioned last show. It was a shocker to my system. Had no clue they were playing Saturday this week. Uh, so it gives them one less day to kind of get over all of this. I'm gonna I'm gonna let I'm gonna turn this over to you, Ryan. I want you to kind of walk walk us through not only today, but what's gone throughout this week and kind of what we're looking for this weekend. Uh, so go ahead. Okay. So obviously the Browns picked up a big win on Sunday. This was a look like a very, I'm just, this is Monday. This is my mindset. Cause we kind of knew most of his stuff on Tuesday. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, they were seven point favorites playing the rate or the Raiders on Saturday and a very important game with playoff implications on the line. And then on uh, Tuesday, they, I think it was Tuesday. They lose eight guys to COVID. It's not just that. It's Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, Wyatt Teller, uh, Jedrick Wills, Tack McKinley, JoJo Natson, et cetera. Like, guys who are actually – these aren't like one or two backups. These are a bunch of guys who are key contributors. And then Wednesday, they lose not only Kevin Stefanski, the head of the coach, they lose Baker. And I'm just like, what on earth is going on here? And then today, because I'm thinking, you still have Nick Chubb. You still, Case Keenum is serviceable. You know, he's got plenty of experience starting. It's not, it's not like you're starting some nobody or Garrett Gilbert who's with virtually no NFL experience. It sounded like they had zero positive tests this morning. They were able to practice today. I get home. I find out not only they have five guys test positive today, and not only they have four guys on defense, and one of the, the only other uh, guy on offense is Case Keenum. So now they're down to Nick Mullins, who at least he's started. He has some experience starting, but you're losing uh, four guys on defense. I know Grant Delpit and Ronnie Harrison are two of them. So they're without their top three safeties. And already without Greg Newsom, they're one of their best rookie corners. He was out with a concussion. Um, but they have 20 guys on the COVID list, 20 players. That's not counting Stefanski. I think they have another, uh, a running back, their interim running back coach, because their regular guy had uh, surgery, was on the list. And yet the NFL still not bothering to move back the game. And the most frustrating part is, because they announced they were enhancing protocols or whatever today, they didn't test them this morning. They had five, all five of the guys who tested positive practice today. That's 20 out of 53 guys. On the active roster or on the COVID list. So, like, you can almost expect that there's going to be more tomorrow as well. 
<laughs> you know, at this point, like, I was thinking this morning, all right, no news is good news. All right. You know, I'm mm-hmm. thinking, you know, you have Nick Chubb still, like, just, we might need a, a, a you know, a Patriots type game against the Bills out of them because Buffalo, or not Buffalo, though the Raiders have the 25th ranked rush defense. And it's supposed to be kind of cold and rainy on Saturday. So it's not going to be great conditions to throw throw the ball. But I just don't get why they they haven't moved the game back. Like, you're going to have the Raiders fly all the way across the country playing against a team that's having an outbreak. And there are like seven other teams that are having – you know, the Browns are the only team that's having an outbreak right now. Like, the uh, Washington's got like any 18 guys on the COVID list. Um, I know the Rams are having some issues. I think I saw Minnesota shut down today. I could be wrong. Um, uh, yeah, you're probably more up on it than I am. But it's kind of like, why don't you just move the game back? The Browns will have more players back. And it's, you know, so you can actually put like, it's just like, and then, and then they announced that they weren't like rapidly testing as they should have, because if they were doing that, then this it, they wouldn't be, have this problem. It's like, it's just so frustrating because it's like only the NFL could look this bad in my opinion. Yeah. And, and they're still saying, oh, no, we still plan on playing the game. You're going to have them play a game when that one team's having an outbreak, like 20 guys and potentially more tomorrow. Like, yeah. And, and I know, I know the reason they did say they weren't because um, Mayfield was going off on Twitter about the NFL's protocols. Mm-hmm. Um, shoot, I just lost my train of thought. Um crap on his name oh um the league did say that they weren't going to uh move games this year as a way of to punish unvaccinated players but the browns are almost 100 vaccinated and they're still having an outbreak so it's kind of like yeah what do you do i don't think the league has the balls like i've told you this too yeah. like forfeit a game yeah and it, especially helping a game with that especially with a team that is still in the mix kind of thing yeah both of them are like that's just and, – and it would give the Raiders, like, the tiebreaker over the Browns because they the Raiders are 6-7, and seven, the Browns are 7-6. and six. So, if the Raiders were to win, they would own the tiebreaker over the Browns. Mm-hmm. And what's helping the Browns is their center, J.C. Treader, is actually the president of the Players Association. Mm-hmm. I guess um, Mike Florio of Pro Football Focus reported that uh, their, the NFLPA is trying really hard to get the league to push the game back. Yeah. Like it's just, did you, uh, did you, um, Mike Florio, did you see his hot take the other day? He thinks that if guys, if guys are vaccinated and asymptomatic, but still test positive, they should be still be allowed to play in the game. I think with the new protocols, um, if, if you're vaccinated, you just need one negative test. And if that's the case, the Browns could potentially get a handful of guys back tomorrow. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Because they announced that they're these. Because did you see they announced like new protocols? Like everybody has to wear a mask, vaccinated or not. Like really, all virtual meetings, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So they went from saying that it's going to be enforced immediately to whoa, 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 wait, we're not enforcing it just yet. And I'm just like, make up your mind. Which one is it? You're screwed. Like, mm-hmm. but like, I I don't know. I, it should be interesting. And the NFL does like flub these things around a lot like these issues they don't really know how to handle it right away um because you are dealing with like 32 different companies that uh are under one kind of umbrella of the nfl so i don't know if there's a a quick fix i I think there's a better way to fix it and and and, um we are seeing these outbreaks and i think that just the blanket statement of um having to forfeit games is kind of crazy and like I know what you're saying as well and especially as a fan I can feel the frustration come off you um but I just don't know how if you're the NFL do you wheel out the Browns third string to play on Saturday like I don't know how you do that like okay here you remember last year how the Broncos like all their four their quarterbacks mm-hmm. like they had to start a wide receiver because they had yeah. Um, I, I don't know who – I think they, they're either all – one test positive and they're all close contact. Well, mm-hmm. the reason they didn't move that game is because all, uh, Drew Locke, Blake Bortles, uh, Jeff Driscoll, and Brett Wright, they all broke – they didn't follow protocol. So mm-hmm. they went to watch film together and they had like their um, like little dividers, to, their socially distant dividers to keep them apart. And mm-hmm. they moved them, I guess, 
to like the far end of the room so they could all sit together and watch film. Yeah, so that was the NFL because I read Elway like was pleading with Goodell to like move the game to Tuesday so they'd have somebody back. And Goodell was like, no, you guys didn't follow protocol. This is going to be punishment. Like, with, and that I actually kind of agree with. But the league is like, why weren't they not rapidly testing everybody? Like, that could have stopped this problem from the get-go, if, mm-hmm. if we're being honest. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just because as the league's done this now for a, a full calendar year, over a full calendar year, I mean, just like anything, probably things got lax, like – I think that some things probably fell through the cracks and then all of a sudden it kind of just let this floodgate through of now we're seeing a good handful of teams and, and, and especially the Browns. um, Like this game has playoff implications on the Mm -hmm. line for both teams. And you can't tell, like you, you really like, it's not like the Browns are a two win team or something. Like if Mm -hmm. they were a two win team, I'd be like, just play the game because they have their odds of winning the game with these backups are probably the same as they would with their starters. But, mm-hmm. you know, this, like, this is a very important game for both teams, like the right, you know, the Raiders too. Yeah. So you could help them. This could potentially, we don't know, you know, the Raiders could potentially have like an outbreak or something next week. Like, mm-hmm. like they, mm-hmm. or I, I think what, this is one thing that they're trying to do. I, I think uh, with the players association, I think they're just trying to have the league shut down for a week, just, you know, just push every game back a week, mm-hmm, sort of mm-hmm. thing. Like, which I think that would, I think that would work because that way you'd be able to get guys back. Because we assume majority, I want to say at least eighty-five to ninety percent of the league is vaccinated. Yeah, I don't know if that's too high or too low with that, but that would that would help so many different teams out. Huh? Well, and and two, just not to, to 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 make the broader picture of it. Um, and this is not an original idea. I heard this from from Big Cat from uh, oh, okay. part of my take. Shout out, Big Cat. I love you so much. Um, uh, he had had this idea that what they should do is now with the 17-game season is they should have one week where every team takes off. Like, every team has a bye week, like, late in the year. So that way they can all rest up. And what it does is it pushes everything back a week and then makes the Super Bowl the Sunday before President's Day. So everybody has off that Monday anyway. Um yeah, and, actually, actually, that's a good idea. And makes for better playoffs because now you have teams that have had enough, like everybody has had a full week of rest. Yeah, and, no, and I, I agree. Think it would help in this instance too of like if this if this week or next week was the full bye week, now everybody can kind of enclose themselves in, get themselves, you know, better, not only healthy with bumps and bruises, but healthy with this illness that is traveling from team to team. Um and like you said, the majority of, of the teams are vaccinated. So I, it, it can, the body can work it out uh, a little bit faster. So I don't know what the right answer is. And I'm, I, I want to see as these days continue what they do with the Browns um, and, and the Raiders game. Because like you said, it's, you then put the Raiders at risk of having an outbreak as well. Yeah. Um, if you move the game back, then they're playing on short rest for the next week. And then, so I, I don't know what the right answer is, um, but it, it, it seems like things are just spiraling a little bit. Yeah. It, it, it's like, do you trust the NFL to make the right decision? Cause when have they ever done that? <laughs> no, no, I do not. And again, I don't, I don't mean to laugh at you, Ryan, but God, I can just tell. I, I knew if it was my team, I would be just as angry. Um, well, how many and, different games did the Steelers get moved back last year? Now, it, it wasn't because of them. It, was, it seemed like every team they were playing had, like, COVID. Because mm-hmm. I remember, like, Steelers play, players last year. How many different times did that happen? Because I, I remember that they played, like, the – They had the Ravens the game on a Wednesday back. at four. It was awesome. Yeah, I, that, I remember watching that, yeah. Yeah, it was um, awesome play Washington too, like on a Tuesday or Thursday yeah. or something. Like, no, it was a Monday night when they were supposed to play on Thursday. Oh, okay. Cause I actually kind of enjoyed what, like you got to watch more football basically. I kind of yes. like that. Cause, yeah. and, and I get the frustration, I guess, for like the Steelers part, because the, you know, they were following doing everything they were supposed to. And it's like, we can't help it. But now with more people being vaccinated, you just think that you should be able to like, you were able to do it last year. Like they, they got through the season last year without you know anybody being vaccinated in, when it was much more serious. Now with like more people being vaccinated, like you have like full stadiums, mm-hmm. and it's like you, you're not willing to do something that you were able to do a year ago, like with empties. 
Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I get why they weren't going to do it in the first place because they they basically they basically wanted to make they they wanted everyone to get vaccinated. And if you weren't vaccinated, they basically wanted to make your life like basically make it like living hell. Like you'd have to get daily tested all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. And they weren't testing vaccinated players, but in reality, they should have been doing that the whole time because that could have prevented this entire thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, because I don't know how the testing worked, but I think they were just maybe testing like random people or something. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but you, they probably had they probably had have had guys walking around the facility like with COVID and, and no one knew knew about it, sort of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I that's <laughs> I, again I don't I don't know what the answer is and I don't know where we go from here, but uh, at least on my end, it should be interesting to watch because again, it's not my team that I have to worry about. Yeah, it's uh, like man. Man, it's frustrating. I know as the day goes on, uh, or as the, the days go on, it's more is going to come out and things like that. But uh, Ryan, can we go from one big storyline to the next? Let's do it. All right. Uh, not to get you off your rant because I I, I love watching you just kind of go off. But if the Browns <laughs> outbreak wasn't wasn't the big news of the uh, of the week, um, down in Jacksonville. They have decided that uh, Urban Meyer will not be asked to come back as the head football coach uh, next year. Doesn't even get through a full year uh, as the head coach uh, down there. Um, as you mentioned, it seems like there was controversy every week and they weren't winning games. No. And it was following him around everywhere. And so I, we had mentioned on the last show that he might have made it to next year if he had decided. And then you had texted me Wednesday and said, I don't think that he even makes it to next year. And then at, at midnight or so that night, um, the breaking news had come out that they had fired Urban. So um, a couple things. Uh, we oh, get the inc- what you got to say first. So. Yeah, so we get the incident in Columbus um, with the uh, young lady at a bar while the team That's was like back in age. Jacksonville. Yes. Uh, we get uh, him apparently, allegedly, calling uh, his coaching staff a bunch of losers. Uh, and then the straw that breaks the camel's back is um, the kicker. What was his name? Uh, Josh Lambeau. That's it. Josh Lambeau, who is a, a very good kicker and has been a very yeah. good kicker in the NFL. Um, news comes out that during the preseason, uh, Urban Meyer, quote, kicked him. Uh, while he had missed a couple of kicks in the preseason yeah, and during practice, fucking, hey, dipshit, make your fucking kicks. That's what yes, he said, and had used, used some vulgar language at him as well. <laughs> That's kind uh, of a funny and, thing to say, but and, and apparently Lambo had stood up to him and said, "You can't talk to me like that." And uh, Urban said, "I'm the effing coach. I can do whatever I want. Uh, I'm the head ball coach around here." Uh, and so, so many things. So, Ryan, give me give me your take on Urban as a. I just want to know an objective feeling about Urban Meyer. Okay. I've been pretty like vocal about how I knew that the odds were against him in succeeding in the league. Like I'm not surprised that things were not going well for a couple of reasons. Number one, Jacksonville's not a very, like not a very talented team. I don't, you probably put Bill Belichick as their coach. And they still wouldn't probably be in a similar, probably would still have two wins if we're being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, he's been a college coach his whole career. And you know how many college coaches have succeeded? You can count on one hand how many college coaches have actually had success in the NFL. So I, I knew that was going to be a tough adjustment because he would have to change up his coaching style because you can't coach 18 to 22-year-olds the same way you do grown men who all make more money than you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this kicking incident it happened back in August. And Shad Khan, the owner, was aware of it at the time. I, I think it's, it was just more of the fact that if Jacksonville was 11-2, and two, A, this would not be a story, and B, he would not have been fired. It was just they weren't winning, and they are just constantly in the news every week for something that's, like, non-football related. It, it, it's just kind of like it, – it's kind of like at a point where it's like, do you, can your talent outweigh your problems? Yeah. In this case, it, Urban cannot. Mm-hmm. And I know the – like, um, the national media has never been a fan of Urban. Like, when, from the moment he got hired, they were way like he was under the microscope. They were waiting for him to get fired or just to do like to screw up. And Urban didn't help himself out a lot. It started back when he 
hired that uh, strength and conditioning coach from Iowa um, after he had had some, you know, racist, he made some race, racist remarks and was kind of abusive to some Iowa football players. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Urban goes one day for saying, oh, I, he vouched for the guy. And then he's next day, he, uh, the guy resigns. He's like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. And I'm just like, after what, after how things ended at Ohio State, when he covered for Zach Smith just because of who his grandfather was, Earl Bruce, who was his mentor, and he should have fired him and told him not to clean out his office and not come within 20 uh, miles of the facility. You know, you think that him vouching for his covering for his friends or he would, he would have learned that he's got to be more careful. You just can't do that. Like mm-hmm. when you're in college, you're the man. You answer to nobody. It's not like that in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. no. So he, he didn't help himself out. Just it, it was going to be an adjustment. And I just think with a guy like him, he's got a huge ego, like because all these coaches do. I just think he was too stubborn to change. And it's not surprising that things weren't going well for him. Mm-hmm. Just if we're, if we're being honest, I had said this from the beginning. I didn't think he should have. He was he should have never taken a job. He should have just stayed as an analyst at Fox Sports. Just yeah. He was really good as an analyst. Like and you're just could, could you imagine if you would have stayed an analyst with Fox Sports and then all of the big coaching like jobs that opened up this past year, his name would have been floated around like crazy. Yeah. And he probably would have gotten paid money. And like you said, he could go to these small college towns and he he would be a god. He would be treated yeah. like a god there. I, I think after what happened here, I, I, I don't think he's ever – he's almost untouchable now. Mm-hmm. He's just got too much baggage. It's, it's almost kind of like, can your talent out – is it worth it? Like, you know, LSU held on to Ed Orgeron through all of the whole like mishandling of sexual assault allegations until he stopped winning, basically. Yes. Then he, yes. Then he was – then they, they couldn't put up with him anymore, if we're just being honest. Mm-hmm. I, Ur- Urban's almost – he's damaged goods. Like yep. he's untouchable. Like I don't think anybody's going to go near him. No, the, fir- well, the you say the- that until he's available, sort of thing. <laughs> yes, the first thing I thought this morning after I'd seen your text and I had seen the alert from from ESPN because I did text you. I did go to sleep very early last night. Yeah, I was, woke up to your text. Yeah, yes, I I like went to bed really early and woke up and I was like, oh well, he'll never coach again. Like he will never coach again. I I I, I fully fully believe that. And like, it's not a, like when he had left Ohio state and they asked, will you coach again? And he said, I don't believe so. Yeah, I thought, he kind of left the door open. Yes. I'm like, he is going to coach again. I think you're right. After this, after what happened, um, leaving Jacksonville, how much this has tarnished his image. Yeah. Not, it, not only as a, a football coach, but as a person, yeah. like all of these stories coming out, you can't, bring that guy in especially no. around kids in college anymore you can't do it i'm sorry you yeah can't. so i just don't think he gets an nfl job and i don't think he gets a college job which was kind of the safety net of well if he finishes out the year and he sucks in the nfl he can always land back in college that, uh, that's kind of what happened with Saban, honestly. yes yeah but he didn't suck in the nfl he didn't just suck in the nfl he sucked in the nfl and everybody hated him so yeah yeah Urban's never been the most well-liked guy. Even when he was at Florida, honestly, because I honestly, I didn't like him before. I think most Ohio State fans didn't like Urban while he was at Florida. I think a lot of it had to do with, at least for me, like how they killed Ohio State in the national title game. Yeah. Sort of thing, you know? Was that the Teddy Ginn game? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that game still burns, if we're being honest. (laughs) Still stings. The, the um, Teddy Ginn returns the opening kickoff for a touchdown, gets injured, and then it's just a blowout. It was karma because they got away with a hold. Like, it should have been called back. Yeah. But they're like, nope, we'll, we'll just injure you instead. Um, but, you know, it's kind of like back to, like, you said, mm-hmm. Urban, if he fails, he can always go back to college. But that's happened with so many other college coaches who take NFL jobs. But Urban's at the point where he's in his, like, mid-50s. So it's not like he's a younger – I just – and I think – we can I, we can kind of change it into a new subject with this, with NIL and just how college football has changed. I don't know if Urban it's would even say like it's a lot different with mm-hmm. you know how, how he's used to things being. I I don't know if he how successful he'd be with NIL and you know basically players having more power and like the transfer portal being so you know important mm-hmm. now. Yeah, so let's go let's let's go ahead and move on to to NIL stuff. So we get the early signing day ends 
yesterday, Ryan. Uh, I lean on you heavily for this. The biggest news, uh, the number two ranked recruit, what's his name? Line Travis Hunter. Travis Hunter decommits from Florida State uh, and signs with Jackson State, uh, where Deion Sanders is the head coach at. Um, then proceeds to get like what one point two million dollars from Penn National and Barstool Sports. Uh, Deion denied that deals. he got like that much, so I, I don't know. He he got he got the the bag, but I don't yes. know if he got that much. It's it, it's it's north of a million. I know that. Yeah, it's okay. north of a million. Dion denied that it was one point five, but it's north of a million. Whatever. I know that. Um, so that happens. Uh, Ryan, I want to get your take on the NIL because for. For as long as I can remember, like there was a time when I was very young in college that I thought college players should not get paid. Like they're playing a sport while like other people are going to college and actually doing the school and busting their humps. And um, like some of these guys aren't actually doing the work, blah, blah, blah. And then you get to understand like, no, the majority of them are doing the work and they're working a full-time job, which is playing collegiate sports. Yeah. Uh, and, and the schools are making millions and millions of dollars off these kids while yes. they get nothing. While they get nothing. So it's, it's, it is BS. And I do think they should be able to make money off of their name yeah. image likeness. I don't know how you, um, I don't, I don't know how you as a like school say, how do we pay football players different than basketball players, different than volleyball players, different than baseball players. But I think this does leave it open to, the schools don't have to pay the kids. The kids can just no. make money off of who they are. So go ahead yeah. and give me how you feel about it and, and the early signing day and all that stuff. These So these next few years are going to be really interesting because especially like in Texas, because Ohio State lost a cornerback named Terrence Brooks, who was from Texas. They lost him to Texas basically because a booster was basically able to buy him out. Like mm-hmm. they, they basically – he was able to secure the bag, the bag to go to Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be interesting to see – like, because I, I know Texas is one of the big places where all these kids are just like getting these huge deals. Like, look what happened with Quinn Ewers. Like, what he got at Ohio State, and think what he's going to get back in Texas now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's but it's going to be interesting. A lot of people are complaining. Like Dabo was complaining about the transfer portal. Did you see that? No, but that about, doesn't surprise me. Even he a called bit. it. It is. It is surprising. It's like uh, it's like it could be a, a better guy whining about it. But he does make some good points. I think where he's like. He called it complete chaos. We got, we got adults tampering with like young men and, you know, he's an academics or like the last thing, which I'm like, they've always been the last important thing with student athletes. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. But oh yeah. With the transfer, it's going to be interesting to see like, cause it's like, could Ohio state still be able to compete with some of these guys from Texas? Like they've had success for in the past. If a boosters can able to just pay them a ton of money to stay home. But it's, i saw this, someone tweeted this on Twitter and, um, I can't, it actually made sense. Like you can pay these kids all that money, but coaching and developing like players matters. Like, mm-hmm. is a booster going to be able to be willing to like pay a kid a ton of money to go to Texas if Texas isn't like winning or performing? Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. But I it, think- it might get to a point where like a, a guy will like, you know, why go to you know? I can still make I can make money anywhere in the country off of myself. Why not go to a Ohio State or a Notre Dame and I could actually the odds are like if I can get developed and make more money in the NFL as opposed to going to like a Texas or Texas Tech or you know something yeah. like that where I might get more money right now, but I won't make as much money down the line, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I still it- think I still think winning winning matters. And, you know, with the transfer portal, because I know Ryan Day's made some, like, remarks about how high states, you're going to have to, like, carefully evaluate, like, who you get, because with this one-time, like, you don't have to sit out for a one-time transfer thing. Like, mm-hmm. if a guy is, like, no one's willing to sit and wait anymore. No. And it's kind of like there are so many guys in the portal that so many players aren't getting into their maybe their first school of choice that they want to transfer to because they may have taken somebody else they wanted sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're almost for somebody like I'm just going to throw Kyle McCord's name in where, you know, he's going to sit behind Stroud another year and it, sitting behind Stroud another year is probably better off for him for a couple of reasons, because if he, there's like, if he goes, he's like a, he was a five-star recruit, but think of how many other f- four or five-star recruits are in the transfer portal right now who may not have signed with team a, like why leave Ohio state? 
like why not just sit behind Stroud another year and develop more at Ohio State as opposed to going to like like a South Carolina or Vanderbilt. South or, Carolina, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. just trying to think of like a mid-level, like big conference mm-hmm. school, like kind of yes. bottom of the conference, or like end up at um, Colorado, Minnesota. something yeah. like that. Yeah. No. I mean, and it, I, the game is changing, but it's it's going to be interesting to see. Like it almost is like the wild, wild, wild west because each state has like different rules of what you can and can't do. Because that's part of the reason why Florida lost Travis Hunter because. Um, state of florida doesn't do like nil like deals they or they don't do like certain type of deals like that because i know ryan day said ohio state's not gonna you know be part of that for right now but you know we'll see how things work out they may have to they may see like well that's the only way we can land some of these guys sort of thing Mm -hmm. but coaching still matters like jimbo fisher said like guys have been getting paid long you know for a Long while in college athletics, just no, everyone's it's just more hush hush sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Now you can actually talk about it. So coaching still matters, type of thing. Like oh, you can yeah. pay a guy all that, you can pay a bunch of players to come play for you, but if you can't develop them, then like then what's the point, sort of thing, you know? Yeah, I think it. I think it does help with um, like the balance of college football a little. Bit. Yeah, like you're not gonna see the same like top heavy teams always being up there which i think we even still get this year to an extent um so having those options i think even more than like places like texas are going to be places like california and usc you're going to see a lot more guys go to ucla usc uh out of california because they can make money out there and stay and i think the talent is better even out there uh skill position wise now you could make an argument for the upfront guys are better in Texas and in the South and, and all Midwest, of those things, you know, Midwest. Yeah. So that's where it kind of, you have to, you have to kind of have if you look at Lincoln on. Riley. He was landing most of his best recruits from the West coast. So mm. the majority of the players he flipped were like California kids anyway. So it, it kind of mm. like, he's going to be able to land so many like homegrown guys, honestly, yeah. like recruiting is going to be like a little, I don't want to say easier for him, but he's going to have to fight off. Like, like, let's put it this way. If you're a recruit, who would you rather go play for? Like, tech, like go to a place like Texas where you're gonna, they're gonna give you a whole ton of money for NIL, or go to like Alabama where you may may not make as much money, but you'll get to play for Nick Saban. Yeah, I think it depends I mean, on what 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 you want as a player kind right. of thing. Like, I think you gotta remember these are still kids. It's like money talks. Like, mm-hmm. are, are are you more willing to like? I want to go play. Like, if I. If it's just me thinking, I would go to Alabama. I would play for Saban because mm-hmm. you're gonna, you know, he's gonna get, he's gonna get like the best guys. And you're gonna get developed. You're gonna be playing on the biggest stage while making money, and then you have a chance to make even more money down the line. You know, going into the NFL. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I I do think it depends on what you really want, and yeah, like I think with like Ewers, like Ewers could have stayed at Ohio State and still made a ton of money, but yeah. the the which is the all he did this year because yeah he wasn't he I think he had to have known he wasn't going to see the field just because mm-hmm. of when he came like into the program, mm-hmm. like he basically just made a whole ton of money and he only came because he couldn't make any as a high school athlete in Texas. You can in Ohio, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure, but yeah, because that's the funny thing. If Texas, if he was able to make money as a student in Texas, he probably still committed to Ohio State. Yeah, it's true. We'll, we'll never the, know, honestly. The whole like you know homesick and all those kind of things. Yeah. So yeah, I guess we'll, we'll never. Which know, I don't but... deny, I don't didn't doubt he wasn't no. homesick. If we're being honest. No, as a seventeen, like eighteen year old kid. Yeah. Yeah. And you and you're moving clear across the country. Yeah. Yeah. And he probably no. doesn't have like, you know, like these weren't guys who he was in the same class with probably doesn't have like, like the relationships because the other guys made like have made better relationships because they came in in January and June mm-hmm. so it's almost like they have like there are certain groups that they hang around and he's just kind of like I don't want to say an outsider but he's kind of like the, the new kid on the block basically mm-hmm. yeah doesn't know a lot of people mm-hmm. and guys so guys will respond differently to that to that kind of situation yeah yeah and he's far you know this isn't like he's 20 miles away from home he's like in all the way up in Columbus, Ohio, and he's from like uh, Austin, Te- or yeah, Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah. Um. So, uh, before we move on, I have a question, real quick. Go um. On. So I saw so, so that guy once again say his name. The guy that went to Jackson State. 
Travis Hunter. Travis Hunter. I saw some places that he was the number one recruit and some places that he was the number two recruit. Uh, well, he, he wasn't – okay. He was ranked behind um, Quinn Ewers, but since Quinn Ewers reclassified, okay. he jumped up to number one. To number one. Okay. Yep, that's all I needed then. Um, so, uh, Ryan, real quick, let's look at some of these big games in the NFL that uh, are our plan to um, – you know, play and, and happen yeah. this weekend. Uh, Saturday, one of the other big games we have. Um, actually, before we get to Saturday, um, let's talk about tonight's game just real, real quick. Obviously, uh, it's we're recording before this goes off. KC goes to uh, the uh, L.A. Chargers. Um, Kansas City, three-point favorites over under is 54. Uh, we don't need to stick a, 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 for a long time on this because obviously we're going to watch this game after we get out of here. Yeah. But um, I think uh, Kansas City handles them. I think so too, especially with how their defense is playing. Mm-hmm. Like their their first half season, they get, they're giving up like an average of thirty points per game. Their last couple of games, like if you look at, they haven't given up like double digits, like point wise, like the past four or five games, which is like really good, like amazing and kind of crazy, just how qu- quickly they've turned it around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I think that's the biggest thing is their defense, and we talked about it this past weekend. Uh, or this from from this past weekend that their defense is the big thing that's flipped around for me. Like their offense is looking like it can score points, but their defense is also helping them score points. So it's making these games into wild blowouts. Um, I think the Chargers can hang hang a good little bit, uh, but I just think Kansas City is going to be too much for them, and I think they end up winning by seven to ten. Honestly, like I think that there's they flipped this switch, and now they're going to start rolling teams over and over and over. I I agree. Especially with how their defense is playing. Like, mm-hmm. I think their offense has been kind of as – they may not be as explosive as they were, but they're still figuring out new ways. You know, mm-hmm. like, they've kind of readjusted, basically. Yes. And I don't think they always need to be that explosive. Like like, like we've said before, take the boring plays. Take take the boring shot – like, check downs, get the, the yardage, move the chains, and then eventually when the defense comes up, hit them deep. And I think Edward Solaire coming back is, is yeah. helping them out a bunch too, because they yeah. are running the ball more with him and he has a factor out of the backfield. Um, yes. So that is big right. time. Um, but as I was going to mention before that game, Saturday, we get new England going to Indianapolis. Uh, right now, India's two and a half point favorites over under 45 and a half. Ryan, what do you think about the Patriots and uh, the Colts? These are two teams that, are really playing their best football. Probably like the, if we're being honest, they, they may be playing, they probably play the best football of any team in the AFC. Maybe the NFL, that might be going, pushing a little mm-hmm. bit, like the past month and a half. So mm-hmm. where is this game in, in Indianapolis? It's in Indianapolis, yeah. It's two teams that are real, or have great defenses and can run the ball. So it's mm-hmm. like strength for strength. Now, Carson Wentz versus Mac Jones, who's better? It's kind of like a little bit of a toss-up, I guess, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because they're they're both very, both two teams built very sim- similarly. Um, I would give the Colts the edge just because they have Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. That guy is a beast. He's an animal. Yeah, he's an animal. He's arguably he. Should, I think he should be NFL MVP if we're being honest. Yeah, just of the start the Colts had, how like he's helped turn around their season. Like he's almost, he's put the team on his back basically. Like he's the new Derrick Henry. Like yes. he's kind of replaced Derrick Henry as that big workhorse in the NFL. I think at a certain point this year, he had more touchdowns than the uh, Texans whole team had. Like yeah, himself. And, and I think he, at one point he had like one less than the giants as a team or something. That, that might've been what it was. Yes. Yeah. I, okay, I, know, yeah. Something crazy. The, I know I saw it with the yeah. giants. because The giants are kind of a joke, but, but, um, I'm kind of on the opposite side with you just because I don't – I'm tired of picking against Bill. I think Belichick yeah. – because when you're looking at it, you're right. Strength versus strength. They want to run the ball. They want to set up the play action. They want to do all these things. So then who do you lean on? I think that Bill's defensive game plan is going to be better equipped than what Indy's going to give New England against Josh McDaniels. Um, so I, I think I'm going to end up taking New England in this game. It should be good, though. I mean, it's good. it should be fun. And it's going to be fun yeah. either way, even if, like, it's a shootout. I, I think it goes one of two ways. None, Neither one of these teams is going to get blown out. No. It's either going to be a crazy shootout or it's going to be a back-and-forth, just, like, slugfest, punch-you-in-the-face kind of game. 
And I'm going to enjoy either one. Like either one of those situations to me sounds like a fun game to watch. Um, because I don't think one team just gets their, like the doors blown off of them kind of thing. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you on that. So uh, I don't both know. Team, the Colts are very well coached too. I, I think Frank Reich is probably one the most underrated coaches in the league. I think he is too. And I think having Carson Wentz, like a guy that he trusts. Yeah. Uh, and Wentz had his uh, most success in Philadelphia when he was his offensive coordinator. So, yeah. Oh yeah. So I think having a guy that he trusts there helps him out a ton, uh, gives him a lot more confidence and everything like that. Um, so uh, we're on opposite sides right there. Uh, I like the Pats might even take the Pats money line. Uh, I don't know what it is. I, mean, it I understand your feeling about, um, yeah. Like picking against Bill, I, I, I might look full foolish on Sunday, but no, you're good. It's, this. it's, it's, it's the whole you don't bet against Saban thing either. Like you just don't yeah, bet against. Bama. Which I'm not doing. I, I think Bama <laughs> will win the net. There, no one's gonna be, no one's gonna be Bama. No, let's be honest. I don't think so either. Um, I think that they embarrass UC, but as that game gets closer, we'll talk more about that game. Yeah, um, whoever they play in the title game. Yeah, but uh, Ooh, so Ron that's Miller's on the uh, COVID list. Oh, really? The Rams have 25 guys on the COVID list. Breaking news. They play Seattle, too, and they're still favorites against Seattle. So if you want to buy Seattle uh, high, they're plus four and a half right now. Um, The Rams have added nine players today. The league's got to do something. I mean, you can't just – you're basically like – I mean, we're at the point where, like, you know, you or I, Mark, is probably more you could (laughs) literally go play for a team on Sunday or Saturday. Uh, I think Matt asked David if he wanted to warm up – or not Matt, but uh, Jared asked David if he wanted to warm up his arm to play for the Browns this weekend. Uh, and David said he would throw the game intentionally. So uh, Yeah. <laughs> this game, love you, Dave. Yes. Uh, no, none of the early games on Sunday are really going to strike a strike a, a light under anybody's butt. I get the schedule, actually. Um, it's it's not great to start off with. Uh, you get the, You get Cincinnati going to Denver, which should be a pretty good one. Uh, Denver's three-point favorites over under is 44. Um, Ryan, have I told you this before? Did you know that Teddy Bridgewater is like one of the greatest covering quarterbacks in the history of the NFL? He covers the spread better than like any coach or any quarterback ever. You might have mentioned that, but that's really Dude, that's it's insane. Really cool. He's only ever like not covered like a handful of times. It's, it's crazy. Um I think going two mile high has its own challenges yeah. uh, within itself. Denver's got a good defense. Denver their does have a really good defense. Their offense is their offense is. I didn't. I don't know. They got a lot of good weapons. I mean, I know they've had some injuries. Like they lost KJ Hamler to a torn ACL. After he had like a good rookie year, but Melvin Gordon's very good. Uh, Javante Williams, the rookie from North Carolina. I think that's yeah. what his first name is. He's having a good season. They got you know. They still got Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. They got good tight ends. Um, and Teddy Bridgewater's the type of guy he's not going to make, he doesn't make mistakes sort of thing, but he's also not one of those guys who's going to win you a game. He's mm-hmm. kind of, I think he fits in that category of, um, that we said with like Jimmy G, um, cousins, cousins, mm-hmm. and even Derek Carr sort of yes. thing. But yeah, yeah, the, it, the game being played in Denver is uh, being played to their advantage. I think it depends on what Cincinnati Bengals defense you get. Because if you get yeah. like if you get the good Bengals defense that can hold Denver, that offense is gonna score points at some point. Like you cannot just hold them down the entire game. And I think they showed that last week against San Francisco. Um yeah. they're gonna get theirs at some point, even when they play bad. Yeah. If you get the bad Bengals defense that allows Denver to kind of hop up early, um, mm-hmm. then it could be a long day for Cincinnati. But Cincinnati really needs kind- one. Yeah. No, you, you are right. Denver's very inconsistent because, like, when they played the Browns earlier this year, like in the first half, their offense did nothing. But then in the second half, they started to move the ball a little better. And then, like, you know, you saw that they've had performances like against Dallas where they just blew Dallas out of the water. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, they destroyed the Lions, but who, but who hasn't, sort of thing? Yes. Yeah. Um, so I would, right now at plus three, I would take Cincinnati as the underdog. Yeah, in. I think I'd pick the Bengals to win this game too. In a close one, I don't think they would they'll blow them out. Mm, no, I think I think it's close with them as well. Um, and the only I, other like super big game of the weekend. Wait, did you have anything else for that one? I, I was just gonna say I don't really I don't trust Zach Taylor, if we're being honest. No, I don't really either, especially uh, after he kind of flubbed the 
and we talked yeah. about that on the last show. Mm-hmm. Go back and listen if you haven't already. Subscribe, resubscribe, download, rate, review, do all the things. Anyway, um, the only other like big big game which really probably should have been flexed to the night game because New Orleans is piss poor now. Uh, yeah, is Baltimore Green Bay. Green Bay goes to Baltimore. Have we heard anything about them getting back uh, Lamar Jackson yet? It's kind of up in the air. Like I, I think it's something like he's expected to play, but they but they don't know. If they can I, get I Lamar, like, if they can get Lamar back, this could be a really really good game. I agree. So, and Hollywood Brown didn't practice today with a non-COVID related illness, which is something something to keep an eye on. Okay. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, because he he kind of takes the top off of the defense yeah. too. Um, you want me to be honest? I don't think it matters. I think Green Bay is so good, dude. I, I, I agree, too. I think Green Bay is so good. Green Bay, five-and-a-half point favorites right now, over under 43-and-a-half. Green Bay is so good, dude. Like, their defense, they've really shown they can win in so many ways. Like, they can win, like, drag-out, slobber-knocker, like, drag-you-through-the-mud games, and then they can win games where a team like, you know, Chicago scores 30 on them. They're just yeah. going to score 45. Like, they can win in so many different ways. That I think Green Bay is the most dangerous team right now, and it is. It would be such an Aaron Rodgers move to just be awesome, win a Super Bowl, and then say, "Screw you! I'm now going somewhere else to try to win more Super Bowls." Like yeah. the most spite guy of all time. Um, but I I don't think it matters if they have you know Huntley back there or if they have Lamar back there. I yeah. Think I think Baltimore is going to, even at home, is going to have a have a tough go of, of kind of Baltimore grounding. is such a well-coached team that and you see all the injuries that they're having, and they're still, like, in first place at this point. Mm-hmm. The season is very impressive. Like, yeah. Tyler Huntley is a pretty solid quarterback. Like, mm-hmm. him and Lamar, like, him and Lamar are both very similar. I mean, it makes sense that he's Lamar's backup because, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to change up the offense that much. Because I think mean, it makes sense to have uh, – a guy like him back up Lamar when they were both can do similar things, kind of like how Geno Smith backs up Russell Wilson because mm-hmm. you want mm-hmm. certain guys because well, you want certain guys to run a certain system sort of thing. Yeah, I yeah I agree. So you kind of get the you, you get the same uh, you know yeah talent in there as well. So uh, but it it I I if you want me to be honest, I think Green Bay by ten. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think Green Bay by ten. They're they're just. They're the better team. I, I think it's close early, and, and then they slowly – like, mm-hmm. Green Bay slowly pulls away just because uh, they'll have more talent yeah. sort of thing. Um, Anything else on this game? Yeah. Is it, is it, is it in Lambeau? Nope. It's, uh, it's, it, it's in Baltimore. Okay. So, I think Baltimore has the home field factor. That will help them out a little bit, but probably not too much in the end. No, probably not too much. Um, we won't get into it a ton this week, but this is the start of bowl – season at 12 p.m uh today friday um we uh start the bowl games um a couple like more fun bowl games on friday uh today we get uh coastal carolina um and northern illinois so we get the mac versus the sun belt two of my favorite conferences of all time (laughs) um last year coastal carolina was like in a like not only were they great team but uh, they were a fantastic covering team this year. Not as much. They're in the Cure Bowl. Um, I think I'm going to take Coastal Carolina and just die on my sword kind of thing because I, I, I early on in the season, Coastal looked really good again. Like they were looking really solid, and they were ten and two. Uh-huh. Yeah, they were. Uh, it's the against the spread numbers that have kind of burned me a little bit with them. Um, yeah. But NIU, NIU is is a good MAC team, and and so. Um, it should be fun to see how that game goes. I think 10 and a half is a, is a large spread over under 64. Might just take the over at 64. Can just hope for college football madness to happen. Uh, and it ends like 40 something to 30 something. That'd be a ton of fun. Well, I, I would love that. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how much, anytime you want to chime in on any of these random small college bowl games that I'm going to gamble on every single one of them, uh, you just chime in when you want. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, Saturday. We get uh, UAB versus BYU. BYU 13th in the nation. Um, they're seven-point favorites. Uh, that line is going more towards UAB. Uh, 
I, I want this number to go below seven. If it gets to six and a half, I'll probably take BYU. Um, because I do think BYU is solid. I think they're a really, really well-coached team, BYU by BYU is. Uh, but UAB, if they get into the red zone, they're very deadly, um, and they have a really, really good passing attack. Um, mm-hmm. So, And they were able to, to beat UTEP, who's a good team, uh, hung with UTSA. I think that was that game that they lost like late, that like late touchdown that UTSA scored that they just kind of yep. flinged mm-hmm. into the end zone. Um they beat good teams in Marshall uh, and, and all that kind of stuff uh, on the road. So wouldn't shock me if UAB uh, has a good little showing. Um, I think this is the Independence Bowl, I believe. Uh, yep, the Independence Bowl. So um, any feelings about UAB, uh, BYU? Don't know too much about either team, but I think, I think I'm just going to ride with BYU. Just, yeah. Because I think they have a solid, more team. talented yeah. team. Super solid team. And other than that, there's not – I mean, these are all the early games. I don't want to bore everybody with these, you know, super early. Fresno State uh, versus UTEP should be pretty good on Saturday as well. I just love bowl season. I love – Oh, I, I, I love do too. just wake up on a Tuesday and there's just games all day long. And these uh-huh. teams are playing to win these bowl games and it's freaking sweet. Um, and as uh, we continue to move on throughout the holiday season, we're going to get closer and closer to the bigger games that mean a little bit more and we can dive a little bit deeper into them. Uh, but right now this is kind of a degenerate's paradise and we just get a bunch of college basketball and college football and NFL yeah. football. And there's just so much going on. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And I'll never apologize for bowl season. Nope. Never, never. But, uh, anyway, Ryan, buddy, thank you for getting all of your frustrations out again. Uh, I don't know what you would do without this outlet here, uh, <laughs> to, to talk about the Browns and get angry about the Browns. But, um, one day we may just morph into a, a, a Browns podcast where you can just either be really happy or really sad. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what the future holds. Sounds <laughs> sounds like your life, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, but anyway, uh, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, please, please, please uh, go rate, review, subscribe, download, do all those things if you haven't already. Uh, we appreciate you so much. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Yeah, thanks for listening, y'all.